0: True green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water and <laughs> mow and they'll do the rest. No. Weed control, which you hate. Fertilization. Mm-hmm. Aira- aeration.
1: Can't huh? stand it.
0: Among others. They'll do all of that. So you can do literally anything else. Dana's out there like Yellowstone. You have better things doing your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus on lawn care.
1: True green is too good to be true, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true, right, David? Because you're going to have more time to do yeah, things that you want care to focus of
0: on. All the hard work, and it gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let True Green take care of this mm-hmm. one thing. Get it off your plate. You know what?
1: I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some, I, I might. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, True Green. Talk, talk to True Green. Where can listeners mm-hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to TrueGreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because
1: they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed, and they have a verified best price promise which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it.
0: (laughs) Justin Thoreau. He looks a little like James Bond. He could pull that off. He's like a cool slick dude. He has a
1: really cool fashion sense. He Mm -hmm. just has a, he's just cool. He he is uh, unintentionally enigmatic. Like he's just been around all these great things, but he doesn't, he's not at every premiere, you know, or anything. He just keeps kind of a low profile.
0: Low thirst level. He's not out there. He has cool friends. I think when I was out there about two summers ago, we went for a walk in Washington park to see everyone on drugs in the summer. And, um, I think Gigi Hadid had a birthday party that night. He was going to, he's like, Oh, um, you wouldn't want to go, but there's this big birthday party. I go. Yeah, that would be horrible. I think I'll just go to Chili's with my friends. Did you go, Mm-mm. Hmm. Dana? I don't jump when you say frog. Do you understand? I'm very unpredictable.
1: Well, Gigi Hadid called me. Said, oh, what's up with space? Why were you there? No, I don't go anywhere. I'm a shut in. You know that.
0: <laughs> anyway, I cornrowed my hair for no reason, and I didn't go. I just went to uh, Outback. But Justin, Justin
1: Thoreau, Ben Stiller told me because we're friends that um, he's kind of the man behind the scenes that's influenced a lot of comedy in the last 25 years. And especially Tropic Thunder, which to me is uh, probably the most brilliant along with hangover and and Will Farrell, um, Anchorman. those are the me the three temples so of the last of time, 20 years.. Yeah. And since the knots into the, the teens, teens. Those are the ones, so we break down Tropic Thunder and talk about how it's problematic in 2023 and whether it should be or not, and Mel Brooks and movies, and that's. was really I wanted to ask
0: him about, you know, I met him, we didn't talk about this, I think I met him at Jennifer's when we were watching, we'd watch The Bachelor and do goofy stuff like that. But I think he was there, and I think they were just about to get married, and I wanted to take him off guard at the beginning and go, okay, here we go, Justin Thoreau, first question. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Jennifer Aniston? You have one hour. <laughs> what a great beginning to make a move. Wait, this isn't going to be about that. Uh, but he did get pop brats a lot. That's a hassle. We didn't even get an that, So That's just my thoughts on it. Mm. It's always hard to be in a situation like that. And then they're always up Jennifer's ass. And uh, she's very good about it. But man, she gets hounded out there. Well, the
1: line in the sand for me is like, say you go out and you're a celebrity and maybe it's at the restaurant, this and there. Yeah. But at your house, they're outside the gate, yeah. or wherever it is. 24-7. Wherever you go, they. That just is follow. a gilded cage.
0: That's a tough one. Yeah,
1: I mean, I fought through them to get get over to your place today.
0: I dream about having it. Mm.
1: Um. Anyway, this is Justin. Justin. He's in White House Plumbers. White House Plumbers with Woody Harrelson. We talk about their friendship and that that movie and him playing mm-hmm. G Gordon Liddy. Um. That's out now. Well, here
0: he is, Justin, and you'll get to know him. I just choked and almost died. <laughs> Nobody cares. No one rushed me to save me. These fucking people.
1: You're, you're off the charts with energy today. I am? Yeah.
0: That's because I had chia pudding. <laughs> Popeye. Popeye. And, Popeye. And some uh, it. You know, my first stand-up
1: bit was Popeye getting kicked in the gro- groin. Oh, <laughs> that's pop i can kick in the nuts oh did you say groin or nuts <laughs> groin not in the crotch i think this is in me in college
0: here's my um, oh. i'll do a, i'll do one of mine here's my first joke uh, i got a new car well it's not really new it's an old ups truck i got it so i can park wherever i want got that's so free. you could whatever you want park wherever i want to because ups trucks used to just park oh yeah, yeah. like amazon now I can't walk you through all of them, guys. That was a 10 out of 10. That is not in your current set, is it? No, it might come back. I just wanted to. Best of. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, you are. Yes. Uh, He's a real, let me tell you something. First of all, Dana, to get, get off on the right foot. Uh, this, is, this is not some sort of puff piece like Smartless. Oh yeah, your precious, precious smartless. You guys get on about once
2: a week and just tear me to shreds. And it and I, <laughs> I saw Jason Bateman uh, a couple nights ago, and I said it's a really terrible feeling because you can't, I can't punch back. You know, like there's no. I can't they're they're on the air they got the fucking bandwidth so, you know they got those. three
0: against one
2: Jason Jason wasn't
1: even at dinner I don't know what happened hey I was there very early I could have gone hey come on you guys
0: <laughs> I just that was a horrible Sean Hayes no they're they're very nice they're great Justin remember when I was on remember I'm sure you watched it a hundred times uh, he said I saw a spade. And then he, he doesn't say where. He goes, we were at both at a seafood restaurant. <laughs> and he talks about it And I go, do you mean koi? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I go, isn't that a sushi? Who the fuck calls it a seafood restaurant? Anyway, laugh. I laughed
2: so hard at that i have <laughs> sort of is seafood. the bed now whenever people are like what should we get i'm like let's go get seafood japanese seafood
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to you got to identify what the restaurant is so how, how uh what's up today man what do you, how are you <laughs> i'm yeah. good
2: i'm in new york city i speak to sean Hayes just saw this play the other night um which was fabulous good night oscar It's so good I'm plugging him now. Who's oh, in it? it, looks a it? Who's in Good Night started. Oscar?
1: What's the what's the what's the storyline?
2: It's a it's a oh god! Uh, it's about uh, Oscar Levant, uh, a sort of famous pianist, humorist, mm-hmm. and, right. uh, and, and raconteur, um, and it sort of takes place uh, uh, um, on, on the evening that he has to appear on a mm-hmm. Jack Carr show. The best play on I the ever Jack saw.
0: Carr show. Mm.
2: I I'm not a theater,
1: but I mm-hmm. my wife I, I mentioned her twice now. Fall in love with the theater in recent times. Now that we're old. But we saw the Freeman in London, and it
2: blew Ooh. blew my mind as a you play. You know, theater is one of those things. It's there's nothing better when you see a good play, and there's also nothing worse than when you're watching a bad one. And so it <laughs> always true. makes you feel like you know there's you're mm-hmm. spinning a, a a gun with you know two bullets in the chamber. You know, you think, oh god. Now when you when you
0: go when you go last night or whenever to see Sean, and you know ahead, it's probably gonna be horrible
2: do you do any prep work no i i no i, I well it was a big group going you know like the smartless guys all went obviously it was an opening night it was a big fanfare um and you know it was like a real who's who of um of people and of funny people too
0: I did see that i just saw you on that and I was looking and um I know that Smartless has a, they, Dana, they redid a Hummer and they put Smartless all over it and they drive that around the country. (laughs) So to let them know, they go, it's the three guys and they pop out like the, uh, tank out of the top. You know, they are the cool,
1: the cool kids. And if it was high school, (laughs) if life is high school, they are definitely the cool kids at chimney corners.
2: They're great though. They're all like, whatever that chemistry is, is very funny, which I would also argue you guys have as well, um, on your podcast.
0: They're very, very likable. Um, I just watched Justin in um, the Watergate uh, show. It's called what? Justin. I'm going to call the White House at this. White House Plumbers. Yep, close enough. And he's on that, and it's going to be on what? HBO. (laughs) May first.
2: We're just getting right to the plot. No,
0: I'm just going to say this because I just saw it, and you look a lot like the guy in it um, that plays G. Gordon Liddy. And uh, I watched. One last night, and I started one this morning. So I got a feel. I don't know where it goes, but I would say it looked like a a lot of fun. B it looks super fucking cool. It looks shot cool. And who is the director on that? Is it Dave Mandel?
2: Dave Mandel from Veep. A- fame. SNL writer. Yeah, yeah, old SNL. That writer. Dave Mandel. Yeah, that Dave Mandel. Dave Mandel from Veep. Yeah, and SNL. Yeah. Holy did you, shit! Did Dave? You, you spot know him. The, the, the cameo within the first two minutes of uh, White House Plumbers? Mm-hmm. is that was he come into your office or Woody's office he comes he into, comes the into office Woody's office yeah which is p.s. Jim Downey is who we're talking about he does a was sweet enough to come in and do a, a cameo and um and we all got to bend his ear about early SNL days oh he is the greatest talker ever oh, yeah. <laughs> so much fun you could just sit there and listen to him you know I mean I'm sure to you guys he was sort of I guess more intimidating but um you know when some you know that thing when someone's i guess kind of your was he your boss or no i mean he's a yeah, writer yeah. no he was
0: head writer when i first got there and that's uh, our boss oh, no that's not really dana's boss that's my boss
1: wasn't but uh i was i was more i was scared of lauren in a way like most people are jim was pretty he was he was pretty approachable but i'd be mm-hmm. more nervous around him now but yeah he when he came on our podcast he called me the day before and I was driving, we talked for an hour and a half and I said, you've just done the podcast. Now we have to do it tomorrow because he, no one could talk like him. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to, overall, it's just, I researching you, you're, you're like, you, you're, you kind of do everything. You're very, mm-hmm. uh, light on your feet. You do a lot of voices. You do a lot of characters. You do a lot of comedy. You do a lot of drama, uh, I don't even, I just want you to comment on that. I don't want to go like, was this your career plan? <laughs> but you do do a lot of stuff, Jason. I do, you do a lot, lot of sort stuff. Of
2: tripping upstairs. I get, I mean, obviously lucky uh, uh, to a large extent, but I I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I owe a lot of it to sort of just having a short attention span and that I can't, when I do one thing for too long, I get kind of bored and I think, oh, I, I don't want to do that again or I don't want to do this again. Um, and then I just sort of and I'm, I guess, patient enough that I can, I I can go without doing something. If I don't, if there's nothing I really, that's perking my interest, you know? Um, so I'm not one of those people that feels like, Oh yeah, I have to be working all the time, uh, just to be doing something. So I'll, I'll go for stretches without work, but you know, sometimes cooking something up in the lab, you know, writing something or, um, um, or I'll do, you know, just sort of an animated thing or, I don't know, it's weird. I, I, it's not, it's been a very bizarre kind of like, you know, I guess career, but it, it sort of just, it's sort of has... Well,
1: it's a, it's a little it's bit, a if, the, if the word gets out, kind of like, what can't he do? Well, could he write our script? Yeah. Could he direct? Sure. Will he produce? Maybe. Can he mm. play an Irishman with a good accent? Can he... <laughs> it's debatable, You know... Can he write Tropic Thunder and then write, you know, being in a uh, Mulholland Drive or whatever that uh, David Lynch film. So it is like, it's hard to pin you down. It's great not to be pinned down. I, I think, think it's the best I mean, kind I consider of career it ever.
2: I it a virtue and it, it, it leads to some more interesting choices sometimes to, to kind of um, not be able to be typecast in certain, or just seen in certain ways, you know, in certain lights. I guess
0: that's a gift though, because there's very like, even in the comedy world, some people go, Oh, why didn't you do that comedy movie? I go, first of all, if they want a comedian, they start with these top five, no matter if they're right for the script or not, they just go out to them. And then after that, if they want this kind of comedy, they go to me. If they want this 2% different from that kind, they go, cause people go, Oh, you should do stuff like Sandler, but that's a gift. You're doing a lot of different things. And that's not
2: always up to the actor. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten better. <laughs> I mean, as we all know, like, you know, when you first start out, you're, mm. you'll take anything, you know, it's like, you just need to, you need to be seeing how things are made. And, you know, so I started out, I mean, I did like, I was an extra on like maybe the worst soap opera in New York's history, you know, like, and a lot of people do that, you know, you get, you do extra work. No, it was a half-hour soap called um, Loving. <laughs> Good call. Um, I remember um, Loving. Do you? It was Fuck, kind of like was, a, a younger 10, soap. Dude. It wasn't like, you know, sort Must of older. See. But it was, um, and I was an extra on it. And then they gave me, I played a drug dealer and they gave me a couple lines. Um, but it was really, you know, that was more just, and it's also I mean hilarious because, you know, those soaps are usually written by, you know, guys who are much older and you know they're trying to write like cool drug lingo so i had like lines mm-hmm. that were like um you know like oh let's get let's give him this stuff and he'll get a really good buzz <laughs> on you know like you got like, scratch in the scratch and the lettuce you, from like, a, you know a kite you know whatever so it's like no drug dealer in the world it was funny i was actually doing it with this other actor i learned a big lesson um we thought oh this is so terrible so let's kind of send it up and make it fun you know like let's just mm-hmm. so that when we watch it you know a week later when it airs you know we can all have a giggle and so we sort of did it sort of bad you know like like hey this stuff's gonna get you higher than a kite <laughs> like this stuff's really good you know blah, blah 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 blah. then we went and we watched it like a week later and we were mortified because the writing didn't look bad. <laughs> like the other actors didn't look bad. We looked fucking terrible, and it was because we weren't understanding the medium of it. It's like if you mm. if you're gonna try and be funny, do it in the medium that you're supposed to be funny in, not on a daytime soap <laughs> opera. You know what I mean? I it's just like, thought that no were, one's uh, gonna the, think the, that it's a sketch show. You know,
1: so yeah. you never know what they're gonna like. Though sometimes, <laughs> like, oh, you guys are awesome, or get out. Were you ever fired summarily from a show? I like, luckily
0: have not been fired. <laughs> <laughs> just immediately <laughs> just showing
1: up. How many up. times
0: have you been fired is the real question. I've never been fired.
1: I've been fired, you know, really fired. In Dana's full get always up. getting fired. I, what does
2: that look I like? Was there's a lot of firings uh, going on. at least Well, on like I was the surprised they
1: let me get in the costume and go in the fake helicopter with James Ferrantino, And then they said, hey, come down here in 100 crew. And this is in the 80s. And they said, yeah, we're going to let you go. So I had to walk in front of everyone
2: like the old TV show Branded. Shame. 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 Oh my God. I've been on shows or things that people have been fired off of and it's always kind of like to, to call them afterwards and be like, hey, that was fucking not cool, man. That was fucking. <laughs> you always have to take <laughs> their side. Yeah, deal. You. What got, the fuck was that? It was nuts. Even though you were the one lobbying
0: to get them off. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you were horrible, you fucking. Well, goddamn. James
1: Farentino was high as a kite, literally coked up in straight vodka. We were up in the fake chopper, and he had a smile when they started approaching the chopper. So I kind of felt like, I think Jimmy kind of said, I think the kids got to go. But I Aww. sucked. I sucked, and I was so happy to get out of there. I did it to make money, and that's never
2: a good reason. It's I, always the getting, worst decision ha- when you think like this yeah. is smart for my career or this will be good money like it's every time i've done that i'd make a terrible i usually ruin the day can up. you share when you might have nope. done that <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's um because <laughs> okay. you don't want to appear ungrateful you know because you're also oh, really yeah happy yeah for, i got gotcha. you um you know you're also happy to be working sometimes you know um but it usually doesn't pan out if i, I have learned that lesson which is you know, it has to have, I have to be wanting to lean into it creatively, you know, um, and find it enjoyable. It seems
1: like if you, uh, have you been through a period or is is this sort of so-called the most offers you're getting right now? Or was there periods hotter? It seems like you just have this very even
2: trajectory. I just kind of have, I just kind of bump along, you know, like I don't, uh, It's I don't, in a good way, I don't think I've ever had that like, overnight anything you know like there's there's no been like there's no moment where i've ever been like hotter than ever it's just kind of like i've just been Mm -hmm. sort of slow and steady trying to win the race you know i've been obviously (laughs) a lot of friends of mine and you know have had that thing where all of a sudden hollywood's wand taps them on the head and the next day they're fucking everywhere and you think holy shit and i can't even i I don't think my (laughs) my nervous system would be able to handle that kind of a thing you know what I
0: mean? I see you have a trophy. Look at Danny. has got a trophy behind him. Uh, what do you think that's for? What?
2: I boxing? don't see what...
0: Yeah.
1: That's boxing?
0: I can't see. Cheerleading. Cheerleading. <laughs> oh, cheerleading. Pretty close, David. I'm not, I'm, oh, last place. Last no place. No way. I won't say you're a hoarder, but you have a lot of stuff going it's on. Just in, like in my
2: office. If I, if <laughs> like if I, I can can. flip the camera around, it wouldn't look this terrible. If
1: my, I'm a complete mess. I'm just at a room somewhere that's nice and tidy. Can I ask you just for a second? Because one thing is about your physicality, like you can really Hot. look good Good. you and David have that in common. You can mm-hmm. look good with your shirt off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard you were a break dancer and my son was a break dancer. So he had a few questions for you. So when you were t- 10, how many years did you do it?
2: Like a couple years or? Um, I did it. I was really young and I did it. Um, I really loved uh, hip hop and I really loved break mm-hmm. dancing. And I did it, I want to say for, I mean, you never stop really, do you? Um, mm-hmm. But um, uh, no. I was it's probably hardcore into it for like, two or three years maybe oh, okay yeah. i have such an appreciation for
1: it i mean it really is floor gymnastics power moves it teaches you how to use your whole body as it's, it's uh he asked what you did you do uh were you more of a top rock or a
2: footwork guy i was um I, I was a pretty decent popper so sort of um <laughs> popping and locking and then um mm-hmm. and then i was good at floor work you know i was uh, you know, I could definitely well, back, that's backspin, that's headspin, the- headspins a little, and then I could windmill. Ooh. I tried to, I attempted a windmill uh, like a year ago, and boy, did that not go well. It's, and you know, even to just do a little floor work is really exhausting. What's a, what's a freeze? What was your best uh, freeze? Yeah. What's oh i could do a freeze, freeze up you know on you know sort of <laughs> up on my you know with legs up you know sort of legs up you hold it yeah is that what it is you spin and stop it's hard to describe break dancing on a on a podcast yeah no, i would, I would uh, freeze in a position Our where my, so, my, my really cheek was on the floor my arms were sort of up like this and then my leg yeah. sort of bent you're just holding a pose on the floor that takes a lot of a lot of
1: strength and did you have a crew name you you yeah to sergeant
2: know? pop and the bionic breakers
1: Jeez. Sergeant Pop, Sergeant and, Pop and, the and the
2: Bionic Breakers. Bionic Breakers. I, I think I like read that. for that. Okay. I thought that was that's a, a <laughs> sitcom. That's <laughs> all I got.
1: But I do think that physicality physicality stays with you. You know, I mean, I was a runner in high school, distance runner, and I still like to get that feeling of uh, working really hard cardiovascularly. So it's, Have it's you tried, tried you well, sprinting
2: recently? Because that's hard. Recently. No.
1: Um, I still could make a case. I don't know if they do it with CGI, but I would say Tom Cruise sprinting in Mission Impossible in his mid-50s. That's a lot of good take stuff going after on. Take. If that's real, his hip flexors, a lot of stuff has to be working to sprint after 50.
2: I had this sort of delusional and still kind of do, although I'm snapping out of it a little bit, this sort of delusional when I'd watch like sports. Like, like the Olympics, for example, like someone on like mm. those rings, what, what are they called? The, uh, you know, the, or, or the, palm sure. or the, I would sort of always yeah. watch and go like, I could do that. I mean, it, like yeah. if I was like set up in an ideal situation, training camp diet, all the rest of it, I could do that. And then, you know, like, or, or like swimming, I'd be like, I could do that. You know what I mean? Or, football or baseball you know i just i had this like in my head like i know that i bet i could do that you know
0: i did gymnastics in high school and i did the horse i did the rings and i really did i did the floor and i did the parallel bars. oh yeah why do you think i'm such a fucking could you do the piece iron of cross machinery could
1: you do the iron cross on well, the Well, Dana,
0: that's the
1: well, fake thing they do with cgi I just, Well, I, just, well but I needed to get context I, <laughs> I
0: i could do i could do where i'm on my like an l sit on the ground not a V, but an L, you know, you're on your okay. fingertips, stick your legs out. I could do a, I do, I was best on the parallel bars and then, um, pommel horse was tougher. Could you
2: do that thing on the pommel horse where, you know, you sort of go swing your hand, legs and a and little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. like dead bumpet legs. Yeah. Cause I was all obviously upper body
0: strength, but my, um, legs were puny and weak. And then I also did, what was it? Oh, the parallel <laughs> bars I did the best on the the rings are very hard cuz you have to sort of dislocate when you flip around Ugh. and it's very hard to do the first Doesn't one you got to tr- trust that you're going to ruin your shoulders for life and then uh dated my coach no i uh, i have a i have a quick question about your breakdancing which i'm just going to the phones uh, the question is <laughs> do you carry a slab of cardboard we did
2: yeah we did mm-hmm. I was That's cool. a must. That and I remember. Here's what I remember my breakdancing days. We always had a slab of cardboard with sort of duct tape together because you have to, you know, you try and find like we have a, a couple, like something like a refrigerator cardboard thing. You know, big, so you big, have big, a big, yeah. Piece. And then I remember walking around endlessly with a with a huge radio and the enormous amount of money <laughs> oh, right. it would cost to buy those fucking D batteries. Oh, the you know. batteries yeah, needed get like 80 of them. them, you know, the, that went in the back oh yeah they take like 40
0: yeah and you gotta go get a pack and it's like so much money and, and then you play oh, it for like two right.
2: hours and all of a sudden the tape starts slowing down and the batteries go like <laughs> 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 I said a
0: hip hop hippie yeah,
2: dope, a- jump mm. start you don't stop
0: I-, I know that whole song uh yeah. So anyway, can we, can we talk
1: about, for a few minutes about how you became <laughs> who you are? Like your
2: childhood, just a little bit, because I don't know where you, you came from. Break I know your mom t- was actually um mm-hmm. um big a, part of a, it. A bit, well, no, it wasn't a big part of. My, I got. I don't even know where to begin. I I got arrested when I was a real a kid for vandalizing cars, and I um and part of my sentence because uh, I obviously can't send a. You know, twelve-year-old or thirteen-year-old to the slammer. Um, my sentence was that I had to do this summer program in Washington D.C., which was breakdancing. dancing. Um, so you were sentenced to break dancing. <laughs> sentence tool. This is like a time movie of dance. You know, Um <laughs> but no, it was like it was like a weird thing. I did these like summer programs. Like I mean, I felt like I was always in like some summer program for summer school or summer.
1: Were you in year. trouble more? Was that a one-off, or were you kind of
2: in trouble with the law a little bit? I was a juvenile delinquent too for a while, but not. I wasn't like a juvenile delinquent, like, you know, like any high criminal activity. It was more just Mm -hmm. kind of, um, I was extremely hyperactive and unfocused. So that would always inevitably lead to trouble. Like I would just do things impulsively, like a lot of young boys do, um, Mm -hmm. where you just do something stupid, you know, like I remember I threw a, a rock through a cab window once, like, I mean, but it wasn't, it was wasn't like I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to th- fucking throw this rock through a cabin. It was like, oh, there's a rock. Now I'm holding the rock. What would happen if I threw this? And before that yeah. thought had finished, it was already through a window. You know what I mean? Like it was that kind of hyperactivity, yeah. I guess. Uh, impulse control. I guess uh, boy's brains. Uh, ADD don't
0: really... used to be called ants in your pants. Ants you in your right. pants. Yeah. So that was the diagnosis back then. If you've ever been to the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be and that can be a lot there's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know what are the neighborhoods like good question what are the schools like who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best and why can't all this information just be in one place maybe it is why
1: can't it guess what it is now it is on homes.com They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. That
0: sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips.
2: Homes.com. We've
0: done your homework.
2: My mom was a writer. He was a lawyer. He was a um, he was he was a, a Vietnam veteran, uh, and uh, and then went into law when he got back. And um, my mom was a writer for the Washington Post, uh, a columnist or an essayist, I should say, um, for both the Washington Ching. Post and the New York Times. Ching. Was she writing during Watergate?
0: Ching. She
2: wasn't. She started writing okay. sort of in the 80s, you know. But she did okay. used to take me into the you know the, that big sort of. Uh, enormous you know that was famous from all the president's men that big war room she was in one of those floors oh those are cool yeah the war rooms. Rooms? this is when i was really little she would yeah she would, like stuffed me under the desk and it was six trillion ball typewriters and you know endless uh-huh. amounts of cigarette smoking
1: so another thing uh that flynn filler told me i can't remember his real name uh that you're you're a great illustrator and I know you, you studied visual arts and stuff, just another kind of thing you can do. So you, when did that start? And
2: i started, um, in when I was really little, I, I had a, I loved, I loved drawing. So I went to, I ended up going to college for both visual art and drama. So I graduated as a double major. And when I got Mm -hmm. to New York, I, I actually was doing better with the visual art stuff. Like, um, uh, Meaning, like I wasn't doing like you know I wasn't like a painter in the you know I wasn't like doing landscapes or anything. I would do like big sort of murals, graffiti type stuff. I worked in a bunch of clubs and you know I would do graffiti like on a wall and nice. Was,
1: Did you ever? Yeah, or you like Basquiat then? In sort way. of like
2: and yeah, it was the more sort of like an anime sort of graffiti style, mm-hmm. sort of a hip hop blah blah blah. You know, like
1: Phil Hartman had that. Gift. I know I've read just said, that he was and design he designed album, album covers, covers and yeah. stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, so. It's, it's Good weird. Company. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You People did Red Hour right on all-time faves. Logo. What's that?
0: Ben <laughs> Ben Stiller's production
2: company. Oh, yeah. I did it's right his Red right Hour
0: logo, logo. Yeah. at one point. I just jump in with some nonsense and everyone goes, know. What? <laughs> well,
1: I, I know it's so it's no. so cool. I mean, you do you still uh they would call it in the old days doodle, do you just when you're
2: talking or trying to th- come up with something? Do you yeah just do little drawings I'll, and I'll stuff? I'll Do little sketches in the margins or something. Mm-hmm. Um uh, or of something if i'm reading uh, well, but i also just sort of keep a loose sketchbook i don't but i I don't do it that much but i i do like to occasionally when i remind myself if i'm not working i'll just be like oh yeah i could let's draw something
0: do you still own a 64 pack of crayola that big cinder block with a balcony in it no i hate that goddamn <laughs> color
2: in the rainbow i hate crayons so much um, because you can't get a they, solid they line out of them. Well, they're just yeah. not like a medium I like. They, You know, they just, even when I was little, they frustrated me. I wanted like a black mm-hmm. pen, or I wanted a really fresh magic marker. I did not want a fucking Fresh, fresh
1: one? <laughs> fresh right out of the box before the ink
0: starts to run out.
2: Yeah, you don't want a dry magic marker. God, listen <laughs> to this guy.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a crayons with a f- sharpener on the back, so... Mm-hmm uh oh wait well, do you think you know watergate you're just saying someone said it uh i did you know do you think kids today know that if something bad happens like if some if there's a scandal at disney and they call it disney gate like you know they say gate about everything that do they think they know it comes from watergate
2: i don't think so they probably think it comes from you know
0: uh, it's just a thing Clinton people gate say, they don't know what the you gate know, part Hillary is, they gate. don't know what it
2: means. It's a weird, th- it's a weird thing to actually catch on something gate. Because Watergate was one word, wasn't it? Was it a building? Watergate Hotel. Yeah, I the believe. Watergate Hotel and Offices. Like it was yeah. just a building. It's a, it's a condo.
0: Mm-hmm. That shitty little building never knew how famous it was going to get. Never. If
2: it had only It known. shouldn't. It was famous though. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, it is a sort of a, a landmark in Washington.
0: I, oh, I don't know anything. I'm just talking out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: so.
1: Then again, I mean, as far as that. your own ambition and stuff. So then yeah. you're then you're going to become a Broadway actor, but you did study in college a bit. But you're an illustrator, and then you you just auditioned and started getting work, or did you I struggle? Just audition-
2: yeah, we all I struggled just like everybody else. I you know, it's a good it's it's fun to reminisce about because I I came up with a great. There were other actors that. Are now we all know and and we were all sort of in that group and we all sort of started to happen or things started going well at different times. But it, New York was a, I think, different than LA. You know, LA. I feel like I could be wrong. You know, but LA always like whenever the couple times I did go to audition out there, um I would always it felt really competitive and not good and not like everyone didn't want everyone to do well. New York because a lot of times we we're auditioning for theater things that you know it felt like supportive. Like you could see a friend at an audition and be like, Hey, great job. Or hope you could do what, you know, like it was, it felt like, Mm -hmm. um, didn't feel competitive, you know. Whereas LA, LA was, is, uh, was
1: oppressive and, and is dark and weird. I mean, auditioning there, it just was not not fun. Yeah, you're driving.
2: Terrible. You go park in the structure. You then, I mean, just the amount of effort that it took to mm-hmm. go to an audition in Los Angeles. You know, it was an all day affair sometimes. And but Do in you New remember,
0: York, uh, you, you had to go yeah. pick up the script like in the valley the day before, and then bring the whole script home, read it, and then go back to audition for three lines in the script.
2: Yeah, terrible. Or or they wouldn't even give you that. they just give you some pages. Like, Sides. Oh, hey, how am I supposed to do this? And is this this is
1: pre-cell phones, right? Because I would get lost yeah. and I'd start crying. I'd just pull over and go, I'm fucked. I'm, my appointment is in 10 minutes. I'm in Culver Thomas City. Guide, yeah. And you'd look for a pay phone. It was a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> for youngsters world.
2: listening. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Whereas in New York, so when you, you do it, it was like, it felt like, you know... You, dropping off something at the dry cleaners then you hit your audition then you go to the grocery store you know like it it felt like an errand more than a and in a weird way you can kind of get more of them done here in new york but it always felt weird because they always be like yeah they want to put you on tape for everyone in la And i just always envisioned this enormous plane that just had tapes dumping off the back of it (laughs) just into nothing you would never hear back from anything never You know. That was
0: humiliating. I even, they said, you'd be good for a commercial because I wasn't like really clicking in any other uh, area. So they go, <laughs> you've got a great look for a commercial. You have blonde hair. <laughs> I was like, mm, I've got a pretty sweet body, you know? So they were like, and gymnast. I look young. So I go, still my gymnast stuff was going on a little bit at that point. And then I get this uh, SBV, Sutton Barth and Venereal Disease, we called it. And it was a commercial agent. And they would send me out you know, God love them twice a day. So I'd go to the valley when it's a hundred degrees, wearing a suit and then go in the trunk and get shorts, drive over and you're in college in this one. And you're, and I went up for one year and I did not get one, nothing. So nothing. humiliating! <laughs> it's <laughs> How did I fucking ever make it out of that? It was like uh, maddening. <laughs> Talk about anxiety and sadness. Like we had to well, do a podcast there were no names just for back then i would had it i was like do
2: you remember those auditions that you'd go on where like it would be for a, a commercial and you'd and they wouldn't want to tell you what the product was or they wouldn't want to <laughs> tell you what it, what the concept was and then <laughs> you'd go into a room and there'd be like a beach ball a pool noodle um Ugh. you know a, a funny pair of glasses and they'd be like just do something and you'd be like, uh, what? yuck! Like, uh, no, clown.
0: Get him jump around, clown. They go. We're not going to tell you what it is. I go. Go fuck yourself. No, I didn't. I said, okay.
2: What is it? I, I jump on the beach. Well, ew. yep. The worst <laughs> one I ever went on was actually for Thin Red Line, and it was although I didn't know it, at the time, and it wasn't, but it was, and I was. I I knew it was a Terrence Malick movie, and it was a war yeah. movie, and it was the worst audition I've ever had in my life <laughs> because they they didn't. Um, they they, of course there was no script of course there was no character there was no whatever and i go to this office building on 68th street or something wherever it was and um and it wasn't with him obviously it was like with some you know the second assistant to the casting director and then they sort of flick on the camera and they were like okay just pretend you're in war and i was like what and like they were like you can dump over the chairs or pretend they're you're in a foxhole or whatever and i was like like what the hell am i supposed like so then I kind of got on my ground on a stage, and I'm pretending i shooting, but I don't have any lines. There's nothing I can say, yeah. and I'm not going to so imp- you do? improvising. For <laughs> I just basically kind of rolled around on the floor for about three minutes, and then that, and then when I I don't think I can do this. But that's one of those ones you're like, you really just feel like a monkey on a string. You're like, what? Well, uh, mm-hmm. You know, you have to at least give me something. Tell me what I'm supposed to do in this.
0: All right, just give me an angle. You're scared more. You these people are coming, and <laughs> yeah, you got to exactly. tell your friends. But I you know. You give me the setup. You know, it's <laughs> like. David yeah. would have done it. He would have hauled yeah.
1: out
2: his. microphone. sure you guys would have been great. Ass. Hey, Sarge. Just. No, I, would, just I,
1: I don't know about. His, I don't know about <laughs> these missile, <laughs> missiles, Sarge. These missiles. No, no there was me. no <laughs> missiles, Missiles, <laughs> Sarge.
2: I don't like missiles. <laughs> I don't like missiles. My glasses are broken.
0: <laughs> no, it was Sean Penn stomping around with that, with one of the prostitutes in the movie and and he's like, "We're gonna hook up with this girl, and we're gonna pass her around." And Michael J. Fox is like, "You gotta give me a minute on this here." Sir. Like he was, he was the nice guy in the movie, and they were all casualties rough of war. Guy. Of course, yeah, great movie. <laughs> it's so funny that I would even remember that movie, let alone base my whole stand-up routine on it. <laughs> but. It's, it's always a winner. So did you, I mean, when did you know
1: you could, you had an ear, like you could do accents and voices Were you asked and then just learned, I can learn it
2: or, because it seems like you'd have a, I have some big English ear. family, so I can, I can kind of um, do a, a, a couple English accents. Um, Which ones? Um, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I, well, I, well, I mean, there's yeah, the, sort of the, you know, the clipped sort of upper class English. Then there's sort of the, me and Barnett are always doing bits on, um, the sort of the guy, Richie accent, <laughs> you know, just like do the job. <laughs> All right, let's do the job. You know, are you gonna <laughs> do the job or are we gonna do the job? You know, so from just like snatch, simply, yeah, Literally. Like yeah, yeah, super, super
0: working
1: like, class Brit, yeah, you know, super I got one, yeah, you kind of of you got the
0: tuppence in me, suppence, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come on, let's just go. That's get my the whole audition. Thank you, the call me pop round it <laughs> <laughs> I like in your audition for the war you're rolling around like an idiot and then you just go yeah i'm not good for it <laughs> you, you cut them off from firing you you go i'm not into it i'm, I'm not, into you not have it. to Listen call me back.
2: tell terrence
0: uh, i'm not going it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no go but hit me on the next one <laughs> so the next time they
1: asked you to do something like that you just you just tapped out no okay, then roll you, learn to,
2: <laughs> you learn to just go well i need some pages or something you do you do need. you can't oh, okay. it's kind of like handing someone a crayon and saying hey can you paint the Sistine Chapel and you're like no I, 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 I only really have a crayon
0: no it's <laughs> actually easier because they go just paint something You, go, oh here's a wave at least you can you can make up something but if it's just a random war you're like am I happy for <laughs> yeah, the war I didn't, I sad. didn't like, no, is scared. it the Korean
2: War the Vietnam War yeah
0: I'm that saying, matters War of 1812
2: they go no it, it doesn't
0: yeah, yeah to me yeah. <laughs> oh Oh, and when so do you, you see oh yeah go, go ahead. ahead get a good I, I,
1: clen- I just wonder where you when you when you first wrote a film <laughs>
2: and it, you was, yeah. and Thunder. it that. was with ben i mean what ben, get out of town god where's film? the applause button he well i mean it was a long road uh but it was you know ben used to um me and ben became friends i was doing a play on broadway um uh with his then girlfriend and and we and i was a huge ben stiller show fan. Um, sure.
0: just thought it was hilarious blah
2: blah blah. so he came to the show and or opening night or he was kind of hanging around the theater a a couple times and i was sort of quoting the his show back to him and we ended up sort of becoming friends and found out that we had a very similar sense of humor um and he would and he was just sort of blowing up at the time doing you know with like something about mary and and uh you know oh fuck he's right in the pocket yeah that was the moment that he was like really exploding and people mm-hmm. were yelling at him on the street um but when he would come to do to new york to do like you know letterman or uh conan or whatever he would do these like really elaborate bits you know uh, you know like he'd really work on these you know sort of segments, talk show sort of, bits yeah, yeah mm-hmm. um and so i would sort of like help we, we'd sort of sit around and come up with bits for him to do you know where he would say something like, he would go on letterman i remember one he did where he he said, Yeah, I don't really want to talk about the movie I'm promoting. I just, you know, you know I had to take a break and I, I've been in France and I've been painting. And um, Letterman's like, Oh, you've been painting? He's like, Yeah, it's just got a little sort of ramshackle place in the south of France. And I'd pay this prostitute and I'd paint her and, you know, every night, blah, blah. blah. And Letterman's like, Oh, okay. And then the reveal was that he would hold up these, these, uh this, artwork that was just done in pasta with watercolors and like glue, <laughs> like a prostitute, <laughs> like made out of fusilli. Um, so we'd work on stupid bits like that. But, when you talk about um, doing TT. What's that? TT, Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Then we, so, then he he had the original sort of idea for it, which was it was let me talk about Thin Red Line, it was that period of time when it felt like everyone was going to do a war movie like, you know, like Oliver Stone was doing a war movie and Stanley (laughs) Kubrick was doing so many Vietnam movies in a row. Um, And the press at the time for them was very sort of serious, you know, and all the actors when they would get interviewed would be like, yeah, it was intense. Like, you know, they said, (laughs) you know, when we shot, um, you know, Oliver wanted us to be in war, you know, and and let me tell you, it was war. You know, we kind of, and it made us giggle. And so he had the original sort of joke sort of if it was the one-line pitch to me was, um, let's do a movie about a bunch of actors that come back to L.A. after making a war movie and they all have PTSD from the movie. Um, So that was sort of the original idea. Um, And then I sort of was like, well, what if we just... And also Blair Witch was really popular at the time. I said, what if it's like that they go to do a war movie, but then they get caught up in a real war? And that was sort of... that was the sort of the kernel that's like of both. both moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And then everything, and then you get good people because, uh, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So you get good people because
2: ben, you know, he's doing well. It's a funny idea. Uh, with yeah, well, a script, it took a long, it was years of writing that script. Cause I was working at that point and doing, I think I was doing six feet under or something. And he was obviously like on fuego. So, um, we, we, mm-hmm we would sort of pass the script back and forth. Like I'd write some, we'd write like a funny scene that had no place to go. Like it was a funny, yeah. like here's an idea that's funny. Like the first scene in the movie where he's, you know, got his hands blown off and it's the guy going like, come on, you can make it, you know? And he's like, I can't feel my legs. And, you know? And he's like, stop it. You know, like, yeah. Um. So I wrote that scene and, and that just made us laugh. And I don't know, we just sort of toss it around. um, And then gradually a the script started to, formulate take shape in it was it was monty
1: python s that first scene because you have real violence or you know the 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 two knights and he starts cutting yeah. the arms off and the legs <laughs> off yeah but in terms of ben playing that so serious no man you know i mean we had like a, really a million
2: lines for that you know and i the the, the the seed the joke in that scene is that he's a action star obviously and that he can't cry and he's he's working across from you know Lawrence olivier essentially <laughs> And and mm-hmm. it frustrates the other actor. He's like, you can't even squirt. You can't even get the tears going. What the fuck's up with my man? You know, like- um, and so Is that, that Robert Downey? <laughs> it's Robert Downey, yeah. You know, so that's when we sort of pan out to reveal that this is the shooting of a movie, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's obviously, as you know, a, just such a huge comedy. I it's There's never been anything quite like it. I don't think. i would never seen a
2: comedy like it's that. It's also like a huge, I mean- Without any jokes, it's it was a huge movie. Meaning, just as far as yeah. like visual, I mean, effects to shoot. And, shoot. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it was. yet you know, had explosives. It and was shit. as big as any war movie. You know, we we, I mean, as far as the look, I mean, Ben's Such, I mean, he's obviously, you know, does get the credit, you know, um, but he's often not credited enough. I think with how great a director he is, you know, he is like a real camera mover. Knows how to. Where was it? Oh, oh where yeah, where did you shoot it? Hawaii. Unquote. Oh, was that in Vietnam? Yeah. No, we didn't do Vietnam. <laughs> we didn't need the authentic background. Oh, why? We needed you see see a, a couple of trees. Rainforest, trees. to make the cast happy. There's two,
1: there's, there's a thing about a, a movie, uh, in comedies, uh, probably dramas too, is just these, uh, whatever you call them, word packages that just are transcendent, that are funnier as time goes on, you know? And I, I think one of them, That's less controversial would be the Tom Cruise, Les Grossman. I want you to take one step back and literally fuck your face or your own face. (laughs) Yeah. Which one was it? I'm not sure. Fuck your own face. But that's the the kind of thing. And again, like Monty Python. I don't know where that influence came from, but those type of lines, that nonsensical thing um i assume it wasn't a guy alone in a room or were you together at that point where you're kind of riffing what that character say that or
2: character uh came out of you know we you know we wanted tom to be in the movie very badly and he it was kind of um he was like well i read the script and there's he's like there's no like studio presence like why, why don't we create like a studio uh character you know and i just Mm -hmm. had a really bad experience working for harvey weinstein and so um on a movie that (laughs) i had directed and i i thought shocker and whatever happened to that guy go ahead (laughs) um i and i just wanted to like i just wanted to um i wanted to somehow memorialize that bad experience and um and so that's how i got that character you know wow and it's, it's, even so funnier, funny. it's even funnier. It's even funnier. just that, like that Ray, I remember Joel Silver one time came up to me and he goes, Hey, was that character based on me? And I go, No. And he goes, damn it. <laughs> like he yeah. wanted, he like wanted it to be based on <laughs> Oh, funny.
1: Well, the Popeye forearms and the hands. And, and, the and then the yeah. Tom Cruise, uh, which you know everyone loved, the new Top Gun. I mean, he gets shinier and brighter when I look back and I see him now and I look at him in that movie when he's doing the dance slapping the ass at the end it's like yeah. the
2: guy is really funny he's so it's, funny and he's so yeah. committed you know um yeah and i remember kind of because he has some really hard charging lines in that mm-hmm. in that movie um yeah some really out of control yeah. shit <laughs> do you and feel at all like odd giving him these going, lines he's gonna say tom cruise is gonna say this like yeah this is before we'd seen him in any of the the tests and hair and makeup and stuff like that. Well,
1: without saying the line, which were the ones that were the most scary or you really couldn't use? It was too far.
2: No, you 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 know, know. we had sort of like, Ben's a really smart director. We, you know, if if we were to sort of pile the script up in all the pages that were written, it would Mm -hmm. probably look like a phone book or or three phone books stacked on top of each other. Ben is really good at, um, we would always sort of shoot like sort of, you know, an A, B, and C category of jokes within the scene and then alternates 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 we had sort of these alternate Mm. scripts that we would go okay now we're Mm going to do one where you say this and so in the edit you know when we could you know when ben was sort of testing the movie uh he was able to see you know oh this this you know went a little too far let's dial it back and you know and Mm -hmm. it could be something simple just like too many f-bombs in a row or something yeah and so Mm we you know and so he could he could ride the edit ride the cut of the movie um, to sort of find the sweet spot um, because we would have shot all different, very slight variations of every scene, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, obviously a lot of movies have a lot of people involved and it's nice to have one, you know, creative vision with other people with almost exact same sensibilities. That's how a great movie has to get made. It has to be
2: just everyone's on the same page. Yeah, someone, and me and Ben, I think, we're the real guardians of that. We, you know, we, I think we both, and a, by the time we shot that, we were both so... We had been w- with it for so long that we intuitively knew exactly what anything would want it to be if it had to change on the day. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. was a real kind of like, you know, um great um, collaboration. It was sort of a real sort of mini Lennon-McCartney thing that was happening on the making of that, you know? Like, wow. I mean, well, the way not, everything yeah, I mean, got it, in... It's,
0: it's great. The mm-hmm. way ev- everything got in and there's no one blocking your shit. Like, the studio... Downey, everyone's saying we're all in on this we're all going to do everything i don't care if it's offensive and it's so funny and then even tom cruise to his credit finding a spot to be in you know not getting out of it saying no we'll find something and then doing it and then i'm sure if you throw him lines he laughs and just does another take and says oh yeah that's funny let's try that and then when it all comes together and everyone's shocked to see him especially in a movie that's already good and was woody playing his assistant or was woody in that? What's that was we here? I
1: think McConaughey. No, McConaughey. Oh, McConaughey, McConaughey
2: was, yeah. played the agent. McConaughey. Yeah, heck. Yeah. Are those two different people? I know <laughs> no, for sure. They're the, you the know same
0: fucking person. Okay.
1: It's unbelievable. Did you guys, uh, did Cruz break a lot when he said lines like, go fuck your own face or yeah, something? He did. Oh, was I mean, there he, a lot of breaking? he
2: enjoyed himself. I, you know, I remember, <laughs> and then I remember, you know, because <laughs> first, then you give him these outrageous lines, and then. Tom Cruise knows how to sell a fucking line. You know, I mean, that guy yes. is super. <laughs> now he's playing it like it's a straight up drama. I mean, it's, he's not really winking or leaning in or doing anything. Mm-hmm. He's just playing it like as if he was in, you know, one of his other movies. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big
0: MQL man.
2: And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be.
1: To be. Would you like to learn a new language? We. See what I did?
0: Oh No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, 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 oui. I have ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women. I thought I want to learn a new language.
1: You know what? I I do have a because uh, I'm a I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of of a French language.
0: Yeah, you're good at faking a language.
1: I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn, and that's Mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn.
0: Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's a trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered, so I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got your Spanish, your French, Mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard
1: part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick Mm -hmm. up the language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's all designed for long term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for twelve years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one really, really you
0: retain it. I learned German and I know Hast du now, no, Hast du Bruder now Nein, Abrach covers That means have do you have a brother? No, I have but I have three sisters. I
1: took German for seven years and all I remember is Kasun, tight. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone
1: sneezes. Rosetta Stone, that's not gonna happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Spoke. Right. You
0: don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, and ability to download lessons offline. By mm-hmm. the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm-hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal.
1: What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership
0: for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% Mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today.
2: Whenever Tropic Thunder comes up, you know, I get a lot of, uh, you know, uh, why well, you couldn't make that movie today. And I kind of, it bums me out. Cause I'm like, I think you can make that movie today. It wouldn't look exactly like that movie, but you know, I remember kind of taking it hard when, when people, you know, as you would, when, when people are, you know, trying to boycott something that you think is, is actually on your side or on their side. Um, and, I remember I lucked out a couple of years later, after the fact, um, having a drink with Mel Brooks, and kind of moaning about it a little <sighs> bit. Um, and and he just he sort of stopped me, and he just went, "Nope, uh, you, look, you have to just make sure the joke is aimed perfectly at the person who's the idiot, you know." And and that's your job is to you know, you know, obviously um, we're not trying to make jokes about anybody except for hollywood actors in that movie you know um, and egos and studios and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff um so the minute you're sort of he was basically he gave me some comfort around you know because his movies are so brilliant and you know you could equally say like well you can't make those movies today but yes you can you know you can make you know his his jokes it's weird everyone i think when you see a mel brooks movie you don't think oh well you know uh, that's really uncool that he would write that. Th- like, you know, what a horrible what person team he's batting for, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Right. And obviously you're talking about blazing saddles, which, you know, Richard Pryor wrote a lot of, a lot of it with, with him. And, um, obviously all the racist people in the movie are idiots <laughs> and Clevon little is the smartest guy in yeah. town. And there's some it-
2: very, very naughty words in that movie and crazy things yeah. are said in that movie. But, um, but you know, again, uh, I don't know. Well, we talked to Bill Burr about his stand-up because he'll he'll
1: right outside the line sometimes, and he says for himself, intention matters. Like, what? Absolutely, yeah. Are you going after sure. a disenfranchised section of the population, or are you satirizing more <laughs> privileged people if you want, or wherever the target is? So, I, I think. Um, I'm still recovering that you got to hang out with Mel
2: Brooks and talk to him just for an for hour. i for a minute. I'm not, it's not like we had a salon going in the West Village yeah. and we're lounging around it. smoking jackets. I like that, uh, Steve Spielberg, Steve
0: said, um, he wishes he didn't take the guns out of ET. I just he read that push. too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting that he would say that.
2: Uh, yeah. It's a weird thing, you know, like, um, you know, they, people it's just censorship is a weird thing you know like and it and people are genuinely i think afraid to write things and perform things and do things Mm. you know because no one wants to get their head chopped off you know sure
0: you don't want comedy to turn into the same five jokes that everyone's allowed to use and then so when you go outside and try to break some ground i guess there will be more pushback than normal but as long as it doesn't ruin your life but i the intention again you're trying to be funny you're trying to be this and no one's out to get someone.
2: Yeah. There's um. in actually I was watching this Oscar Levant play with Sean Hayes uh that I was watching the other day Um, that I saw the other day. He has some great lines. Oscar Levant has some great lines where he says mm-hmm. things like, you know, there's no such thing as a sincere joke. You know, you can't bring the house down with a wholesome gag. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. something has to be dangerous about it, you know. Um And catch people off guard and the element
0: of surprise. And it's not what you think they're going to say. And it just, just funny. I mean, you know.
2: We're all on the same. But its nature, is not respectful. You know what I mean. Nor should it be. You know. What about yeah. Zoolander? You did Zoolander. You worked on, on that with Ben. I worked on
0: two with uh, with Ben. Evil, evil, evil DJ. Yeah, and <laughs> I was
2: and I was the evil DJ. In, in both. Full
1: makeup <laughs> and have, was that fun. that's that look like fun? And that guy was breakdancing. That and you I had him. To that.
2: That's actually I I was did break you break dance? At, yeah, I, yeah, I had the breakdance fight with Owen Wilson and that uh, with uh, oh, Hansel. Sure. That's the big Act Three fight scene between me and Hansel. Owen's oh, always great. Um, did
0: you go when Woody? Uh, Woody is in your new show. Did you go when he did Saturday Night Live? I did. I went
2: there and saw that. It's hilarious. I know you did. <laughs> it was good. It was fun. Really? Yeah, it was. It was fun. Yeah. He. Um, he's. He did, he's. Uh, he's uh, a <laughs> him and Owen
1: Wilson. The people hey. I've met. There's such a cool kind of I don't know Texas frequency to them there's
2: something about it's so funny when you do I would actually like to hear your take on this Dana there is a version where you can impersonate Woody Owen and McConaughey probably all at the same time (laughs) You know,
1: like, <laughs> yeah, there's like, something they should all hang out all together. I think they like do. This and, and yeah. No, you were fine. I don't care. She's not even mad at
2: you. And then like I mean, Woody, these you sort rhythm. of slip into more of a stoner kind of like that's what hey, I don't like about Woody. you know. <laughs> I don't think
0: do
1: Woody, Woody is like he's he's still he's so he's really cute. You know, I was looking at him on the show. He still has those dimples, and there's something just uh incredibly likable about him i think you two
2: are great in that is this as foils for each other the, we're kind of um, like a you know it's you know we in in life and in this show you know we're very much it's a very sort of odd couple relationship you know um you know feel is going you know like and it's just tease. He is a very kind of. I mean, in the show, he's more sort of uptight, gruff, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. on set, you know, Howard, Howard were, Hunt, yeah. Howard Hunt from yeah. the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just we laughed a lot. He's a very fun guy to work with. He's he's very sort of infectious, and he's very, very, very laid back in a way that I wish I could be. You know, he's mm-hmm. so. He's one of those guys that can show up to set like twelve minutes late and fifteen minutes late. And be like, oh, hey, who? Why is everyone? Oh, okay. Like he there's no judgment about <laughs> yeah. it. He's like, oh, yeah. we're already here. Okay, cool. Let's yeah, he was
1: like that, that even on SNL back in the nineties. There was almost like he. What am I supposed to do? It's all kind of thrown away, and then he just lands it perfectly. And and he's exactly. great. Yeah. He doesn't but, have. I we,
2: feel like he has no cortisol in his system whatsoever. Like <laughs> he just it's doesn't. Just
1: great for. <laughs> He uh, we had a running gag when he hosted when I was a cast member and I was just kidding with him because, you know, I liked him immediately. And the running gag was you could never be depressed, Woody, the rest of your life because you know me. You actually know me.
2: And so that <laughs> became a running thing.
1: He, he sent me a framed photo with that phrase on it. You <laughs> know me. You know me. How could you ever be
0: sad? Just think of it. Just all that kind of but He's so great. So I know that uh, Justin has a favorite. We'll let you go in a second, Justin. You have a favorite? Do you love you love After Hours, Dane? Do you remember After Hours? After that Hours. Movie? Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: It's the a Griffin, Griffin dude. Griffin Dunn.
0: Dunn. the best. Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Pfeiffer. Am I crazy? No, not Jeff Goldblum. He's not that.
2: It's um him, Catherine <laughs> O'Hara. Um, oh God, it's such a great cast. It's Scorsese's one sort of comedy, I guess, or second. Well, who's
0: cast. Michelle Pfeiffer
2: in? What, what are you talking about? She was in Scarface. Which one, no, Scarface you know, or After Hours? I'm after talking hours. about
0: After Hours, but I think I'm. Not gonna...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer Don't was amazing. Gang in that. up on
0: me! <laughs> we, whoa! We I love started you. knowing what it was because I knew. What's the one with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer, where they go um, out all night? Isn't it? What's the one with Michelle? Do you know if I'm? Is that even a movie? Are those people? Dangerous liaisons?
1: (laughs) No, that was John Malkovich. (laughs) I'm I'm mad at both of you. I wanted to know what's on Justin's uh, favorite film list you yeah. know, or or you know I always hate that bet your favorite or whatever, films you revisit or films that stayed with
2: you. Young Frankenstein. You, if we're talking about Mel Brooks, is definitely fuck, on that after yeah. Yeah, I stole a big bit from Young Frankenstein for Tropic Thunder. Actually, I mean that's you did but well. But it, it was it you were in, influenced. The, the Beatles. Beatles were influenced. Influenced. Yeah. <laughs> sure. There's the scene where um, Jack Black gets tied to the tree to kick drugs. You know he says no matter yeah. yeah. what, don't let me off that tree. You know uh, you know I'm really mm. cunning. I'm really yeah. baffling, but don't let me blah 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 that's kind of a lift uh, from young Frankenstein when he goes into the room, Gee, well, and he goes, in the room with out. the monster he said don't let me out of this room no, no, matter, way, what no matter what I say I'm gonna <laughs> go blah, blah. so it's it's in the same universe that joke um, and then of course he goes in there and he's immediately pleading <laughs> it's, like, okay, so yeah. it's all in vaudeville it's all in vaudeville at yeah. some points everything was has been Cape done, Fear but
0: that, yeah cape
2: fear saw oh, uh, a, a
1: recent cast that was a movie sarah sherman from snl said she watches that all the time to cheer up
2: the the second the cape, one, the De Niro the, one the
1: second one i think was the second one she yeah. meant not oh, the mitchum one but the, that movie
2: is so yeah. good it really is do you remember yeah. in the ben stiller show he he did that um he did that sort of fake i guess fake trailer where it's uh eddie munster and cape fear
1: Mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah
2: he's he is the eddie
1: monster of all time That's um that's why that that show because he had left snl he talked about it here and then he suddenly i was at that emmy awards and then he was so shocked that he won best show but it was, <laughs> it was it's another canceled. show that stands the test
2: of time i uh, know he was that group of mm-hmm. writers performers bob odenkirk i mean jesus his manson yeah. he did that charles manson though it's so hilarious it's so know, funny. About, hey, come on. Hey, like, hey, I'm man. Bob Odenkirk. I'm Bob. So good. Oh, you're so good. Uh, what so, about, as far
0: as SNL, should we
1: cover that for a second? Yeah, let us get I was
2: texting with uh, uh, David yesterday. I was like, I've never been yeah. on SNL, so I don't know what to, uh, you know, because no, I don't want to see the podcast. But I, you know, massive, massive, I, you know, I haven't said it at the top, Dana. David already knows I'm a, a huge fan of him, but also mm-hmm. likewise you. Well, that
1: was we heard that you liked our podcast. At least I threw David or something like week three, so I immediately yeah you were early was were really early. happy as being a super fan of yours, and then like he likes our podcast. <laughs>
2: like, I mean, it's, I mean it is like SNL. I mean, it must be a curse to be an SNL cast member because I'm sure you get you know. Uh, bombarded with questions you know about every aspect of it what's it like working live what's the thing what's the most scary thing mm-hmm. and then of course probably the worst thing which is like you know what you should do you no know one make a great snl bit you know it would be great on snl <laughs> like this is you know you know
0: really. dana i have one funny sketch idea and i want to go host and just do one sketch and leave I could handle that. Hosting. Well just is do so a guest spot. Hard. Just do a guest spot. But I we've... know, but it wouldn't make any sense because it's not time. No,
2: I said just do a guest spot. I don't want to <laughs> just do a walk on. It's there's a lot of those walk-ons now where it's like, oh look, there's you know Fred Armisen. He's not a member of the cast. He's not hosting. He's just walking around." Matt I'm Damon like, is playing this character. I'll be Christopher yeah.
0: Walk-on. <laughs> you know, no. I saw I saw a great walk-in sketch where he's watering plants. He's a guard and talking to the plant. I might be lying again. Oh. Yeah, and he goes. They're cactuses, and he goes. Cactuses are intimidating, so I put googly eyes on them. He's got this skinny <laughs> yeah, he cactus. He puts googly eyes on them, then he keeps saying googly eyes, and it's hysterical. Perfect, googly eyes. Perfect for for walking. Make no, him you say, you were on
1: SNL with Kyle Mooney. He was I doing some little He yeah. just
2: called me up and said, "Hey, can you just do it?" It was a walk. It was technically a walk on. It was nothing um, meaningful, oh. but. Uh, oh. This is the only thing we're going to air of the whole podcast, so that's
1: um, it. Hi, Dana. What's in your mind? I think Justin Thoreau really wants to host the show. That'd be terrific. I'll reach out to those people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the last (laughs) I definitely don't want to host SNL. That, that to me, is absolutely. Really? Are you too scared? I get so scared by that. I mean, the live part. (laughs) And then I even like when I, you know, Amy Poehler used to always be like, come to, uh, you know, UCB, you know, when she was doing it here in New York. Mm -hmm. It would make me anxious, you know, I loved it, but it it felt like watching trapeze work, you know, with no net. And it just made me so anxious. I much prefer kind of being able to go away, learn lines, really rehearse and and then just come out like that. It's so seedy your pants. The idea to like, on a Monday, you're kind of like, hey, what's the idea? And then by Tuesday, you're kind of fleshing it out Wednesday, like, let's read it. And then by Saturday. No, it's crazy. It it shouldn't exist in
1: some
0: ways. (laughs) The host did you ask Woody did he need any help with writing any punch ups
2: on monologue or anything in no the show? I saw him on Wednesday and he's like hey, it's gonna go well but he was like out partying he was like it's gonna be fun, <laughs> like, know, like, it's gonna be good um <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 no Love I, I when Ben did way it, it I did a little a little punch up when he went on sort of did a walk on a Zoolander but um yeah I don't know it's, it, to me it's like but, and then when you see people but, who are genuinely relaxed doing it because you can kind of ugh. tell people who are not relaxed doing it you know not that their hands are shaking or anything like that but but it's normal but like Phil Hartman when you'd see him you'd go he had this kind of um, you know plant your leg say the line beautifully confidence that was so just like nice to like great to watch and then obviously you guys you know like your delivery Mm. on you know Hollywood Minutes and you know there was just a kind of like Mm. when you can tell people are A. having fun and B at least appear like they're not nervous.
1: Looking to save on delivery? DashPass from DoorDash is your door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. DashPass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With zero-dollar delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, DashPass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions— and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. Zero-dollar delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply.
0: Picture this, Dana. Okay. It's easy to picture. It's blazing hot outside. You need to head to work. You get in your car. You turn on the AC and get cold air pumping as soon as possible. But nope, it doesn't work. Instead, you've had this blowing hot air out of your vents right into your grill. No, your car doesn't hate you. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system. And there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time.
1: There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience.
0: David? And the AC Pro app offers clear vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro recharge kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Phil was uh, uh, like,
1: he was like we hear uh, Dan Aykroyd was like he almost was it, well. He obviously was a pro, and he was in so many things. And he had this binder, and he was he could memorize. He could read the cards really well. But then in between scenes, he'd be reading a book about Evan Rude
2: outboard motor I, schematics. I don't know how that happens like how can you, yeah. you? I don't know. I would just be in such a state of distress. I think that. um I don't know. You don't have to do it. I, I, no, I totally you get to. you. I mean, it, we, it's we hard to host decided. it. If I host it or...
1: and there's a sketch somewhere you could do an Irish guy or a British guy, I'll try to bring yeah, you in I'll just for it. one
0: just scene. Just for one scene. Yeah. If we need a guy to lay on the floor and act like he's in the army.
2: Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're going to do a whole know. sketch about really. that. I'm, gonna, That's I'm my, my worst nightmares. Improvise. <laughs> we go.
0: We don't. We're not going to tell you what the sketch is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not going to tell you what the sketch is. Just give me a beach ball, a pool noodle, and just send me out there. You know. Well,
0: aside from his new show, he also owns Ray's Bar, and uh, I want to thank you for coming down today and talking to us, uh, Justin. Thank just you for here. having. me. And uh, I will see you on my next trip. When are you coming to New York, David? It's all pretty top secret, but you know, I'll call you on some other channels. Send me the file. Could, with your yeah, center. it's in like we, three There's weeks. only one
1: th- other thing besides leftovers, yeah. which I think is a brilliant show. Mosquito Coast, all the stuff you've done. It's so you have such a cool career, and then you did this thing with Norman Lear where you did those live. Yeah. It was all in the family and stuff. That that I thought was was going to be a train wreck, but it really
2: landed beautifully. Yeah, it was great, and you it know? actually you know it's become sort of an annual thing. Um, I mean, talk about a, a, I mean, I really can't take credit for that show. That was an idea that I had, where to, that I imparted to Jimmy Kimmel, who then turned it into this sort of you know Super Bowl winning football team of of talent. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a lot to pick from if you keep doing.
0: You can keep doing Partridge Family, Happy Days, whatever you want. Well, I mean, we could Yeah, you can go. You can keep going. But I mean, it's can I play place. Fonzie? Everyone's like, can, everyone want every day is like, why aren't you playing Fonzie?
2: <laughs> chachi, chach. Um, I'm, I'm already down to chachi. chachi? <laughs>
1: That it was, was quick. Chachi was cool. Was quick Chach- Chachi meeting. loves Joni. Yeah, or what the was Spain's their show?
2: It's great. Let's, mm-hmm. What about Ralph Mouth? <laughs> <laughs> um, um.
0: Ralph Mouth. Do you remember the beginning of Happy Days? And then I'll let you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he takes the salt off. No, he has the salt. They put the salt shaker top back on, but they put it really loose. And he pours it on his fries and it all goes over it. And he just looks back to camera and keeps chewing his gum. I'm like he didn't even give a reaction. I thought was genius. He didn't.
2: <laughs> he didn't you know, know what I mean? Right? He didn't go. Whoa! I love that that's like your brand out. Uh, like, and it's like, and he that's what that's I, where I go. go. I, can I can do that. Pour it out of the. A- <laughs> He's <laughs> my guy. <God, God>. Yeah, <laughs> that's my Uda Hagen. That was your moment that you Uda. realized, like, <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I go. Oh, do nothing. I can do that. What was your early comedy? Not to prolong this, but I'm. I'm oh, we're we're having a great time. Oh, I, I just, early. Early. just to break your early influence besides me. Like, I oh, like um, my earliest comedy memories are uh, Mel Brooks, but also my dad making me st- stay up to watch SNL with him. You know, Belushi Aykroyd, Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Gilda Radden. 100%. Same, same thing. Rate.
0: Life of Brian early on, Animal House, um, Holy SNL, Grail. Holy Grail. All those are unreal. And then getting into Eddie Murphy trading places, and those kind of things. All those old movies that were just funny. Caddyshack, all Bill Murray. And then into uh, the Ghostbusters, all the things, just all my guys I liked, I'd follow them to whatever movie they were in, cracked me up, made me laugh. Steve Martin albums. Steve Martin. Uh, huge he apparently stand-up takes his I comedy very get seriously.
2: Of. Like, Say again? What? Steve Martin apparently takes his, I've never, I've met him once, but not in any meaningful way, um, but takes his comedy very seriously. Like he's a master of, you know, he's sort of a student of through, the science yeah. of the comedy and the bit, like, which I admire. Cause he's, yeah. laugh. there's some, that move. I mean, the jerk, obviously the, the,
1: the, when he came out and deconstructed the idea of a comedian with this guy in the white suit, and I'm a wild and crazy guy. I'm sure somehow it influenced me humbly saying that because he didn't really have jokes. He did two minutes on just his character asking for a blue spot. <laughs> yeah. Can I get a blue spot? And Jeez. the commitment of it, you know, uh, that was sort of this brilliant new move. And then the Robin Williams was around, Richard Pryor was around, obviously yeah. George Carlin. Yeah. And then it kept going to Kennison and on and Kennison. on. But uh
2: I love comedians. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. It's terrifying. I mean, Dave, you're so I always when I've seen you perform live or on tell on Netflix or whatever, it's like you have that that ease that's just so I guess dry, but it's also so fucking funny the way it's this there's a musicality to it like where you sort of drop in these little eh, and then you know mm, beep, mm, that and you sort of like go to sort of <laughs> and i don't know how you do it it's a, it's a magic trick to me so it's, i don't really want to know how you do it but i very much I appreciate it we, we just so found,
0: we found a little extra time What's that? We just, does, we, just, time we just found a little extra, extra time to talk to you. Uh,
1: now we have now, No, David does have an incredible like throwaway casual I like throwaway thing jokes. and, li- Love and that. little phrases. And there's, I see Nealon in him and Dennis Miller and, mm. and, but he's his own, own man, but they were, they were really, he's uh, kind of pretty special. Yeah. I, I have to go out there and scream and dance around, and make <laughs> two voices yeah. and David's so lo-fi and it's very cool. I, I admire that too. Cause I just like. Richard Pryor says, if you're bombing, just start pushing energy. I
2: was doing it <laughs> last night. Just throwing it
1: out there. I was having a slow patch, so I started talking a lot louder and moving a lot more. <laughs> I go That's full right. John
2: Bonet. You slow yeah. them down. There's not even any jokes in there. It's just all energy. No, it's <laughs> energy. No What's
1: up? I'm people yeah, Come on. You know, whatever. Yeah. Just energy. Because so, if their energy is going down and you reflect it, then the, the souffle just collapses. But you well, just Well, they push used back. to say...
0: Dana, Don Rickles, used to go, look at Ed over there. He's like, I want a cookie. And you go, these aren't really jokes. But if they're said in the form of a delivery and. Oh, no,
1: Rickles uh, was the greatest because he just sounds like a joke. joke. Ed doesn't know the
0: show started. Put him in the corner and give him a cookie. (laughs)
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, see, you know, he's happy.
0: Just (laughs) all rhythm. And you go, I think that was a joke. And Dennis Miller used to, one time he said, I sometimes will throw in a word, even I don't know what it means. I just make it up. And just because it sounds like with the rhythm, that's the funny part. And everyone laughs and then they go, I didn't even get that one. I don't even, but it just, you know, it sounds funny. All right, Justin, I'm going to go. So you guys stay on for another 10 minutes while I drive (laughs) off. We're going to talk
1: about you, David. Uh, uh, Thank you, Justin. You're a good dude. So great to meet you and uh, I'd love to see you in New York. David and I will come out together.
2: Please come when when the uh, new... When they, when we'll the, it's, uh, the White House
1: Plumbers. It's on White House Plumbers Monday, May first. HBO. HBO
2: or on oh. Max or whatever, really.
1: or HBO Max. Max. Woody Harrelson as Howard Hunt, and of course Justin Thoreau as Lena Gordon Headley. Liddy, a very gentle, kind of boring character. <laughs> I oh, mean, that great. must have been his. <laughs> he lit himself on fire. He ate a. He ate a rat. I mean, this guy is so, something. So that's 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 going to be uh, oh. awesome for you. So anyway. Anybody got anything else?
0: Anything no, else? I so we'll
2: already. Read. Greg, Annette, Heather S.
0: <laughs> 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 Don't read
2: who else is on the Heather Zoom. Heather S. Not all the producers that are on the this.
0: this has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks.
1: Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment.
0: The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13.